everyone to polk and kush it is december 1st 2023 <clears throat> another year another year polk we've made it to the final month of 2023 this is our fourth december we've been together now i believe so incredible they said it would never last what a run <laughs> I said it would never, ever last. Mostly, you know, people who were like, I don't know why you want to go do this. <laughs> and I said, because I like getting out of my house and hanging out with folk for an hour every week. <laughs> That's why I like to do it. And we don't, we don't have anything to talk about. We just don't do the show. <laughs> I think you're the only person I've seen consistently for almost four years now. Yeah, it's, it's definitely. This is the only consistency in my life. <laughs> Not working out, not having a job, relationships, iffy. This is it. This is the steady boat that has risen you to prominence. Yeah. And, you know, I remember week one, I think we had about 500 listeners. And here we are week (laughs) 400, about 500 listeners. Still pretty good. Still pretty good. Oh, man. No, it's lovely to be back here and doing this again uh, on another December. It is uh, cold and a little rainy, and it definitely feels like uh, the winter time outside, except for the fact that we're both in shorts. Um, but I, I, I'm feeling the spirit, man. Yeah. I'm feeling like we're good. I, I enjoyed a nice Thanksgiving. We're going into Christmas season. Everybody's happy. Everybody's a little upbeat. Uh, and life is good. Yeah. What do we think? Well, it's it's winter time, and you know what Christmas and winter brings? The need for T-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> it's the perfect time to show off that beach pod. You got Christmas. You don't know what to buy anybody. Uh-huh. Hanukkah. Kwanzaa, they have like 12 crazy nights of gift giving. Mm-hmm. Get a Polk and Kush t-shirt. If you want to order one, email polkandkush at gmail.com. Yes. We'll get you hooked up. I got a box over there. I got bags. Some shirts have already gone out. Yeah. We Not a... giving you a dime. Nope. Don't <laughs> deserve one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, Polk and Kush <laughs> listeners. All the money I'm giving Kush, he's sending overseas to help out. The people that we're not going to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> Just some people. Just some people. Some guys. It, so the Some of them would consider them uh, in comparison to the Pelicans' best player. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know, they call me a Zionist, but when I say it, it's because I like Zion, <laughs> not just because I am an Israeli supremacist. <laughs> So then I walk around the building and I'm like, hey, guys, yeah, I'm a huge Zionist. Yeah, big fan. <laughs> I'm surprised great. he hasn't been pressured to change his name yet. Yeah. What could he change it to? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm not going to get it. <laughs> no. I have to edit out the whole show. <laughs> anyway, if you'd like to buy a T-shirt. And support Zionists. <clears throat> uh, 
you know, it's Christmas, it's Hanukkah. Have you decorated? I'm sorry, if your servants decorated <laughs> your home for you. <laughs> Uh, there's no have my parents decorated your home. <laughs> the uh, nothing says Christmas in our house like uh, just seeing a giant Tupperware boxes start coming down from the attic. Oh yeah, I'm like, oh no, here we go. We've got all this stuff, and it's like I can't believe it just sits in the house for a whole, the whole year waiting to go up on this day. And I am so obtuse. I like don't even notice it. I only notice the boxes. I don't even notice the decorations <laughs> on the tree. And I'm like, we've got to have a lot of stuff around here. I've just like, you know how they have said now that like when you're reading a story online that your mind now naturally blocks out the ads because it's been so ingrained in you of how to like read text around yeah. it. That's how I feel about Christmas decorations in my house. <laughs> I don't know what is there anymore because I, but I do know they're there because the boxes. Okay. So there's a lot of decorations going on. I feel like. Halloween, we're more outside, and then Christmas is more inside. Are they up? Are they active? They're up. They're active. They're rolling. My kids love Christmas. My wife loves Christmas. I'm along for the ride. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, I, I almost find Christmas to be just an American holiday at this point. It's, it, not, it's not really... Uh, there's you, you can go the whole time without even thinking that it's tied to religion. It really goes to show you how much everybody needs a break. Yeah. Everybody's like, I don't care what the religion or mm. the cause is behind this thing. Mm. I need a few days off. Right? Everybody takes a couple days off. Everybody uses an excuse to get drunk. People like that. Yeah. You know, there's a it holiday party. It smells good. All the smells associated with it are good. Yes. Christmas trees. Uh, hot wine. <laughs> Milk, yeah, <laughs> milk, booze, milk, yeah. gingerbread. <laughs> yeah, we've got a Christmas tree up. Yeah, it's like the one at the soup kitchen. It's got you know, it's like twigs. <laughs> it's like falling. Okay, yeah. what are we gonna do? We're not. Yeah, the Christmas tree thing. It, that's like the most physically impressive thing that occurs inside my house. I don't move one muscle, and somehow that entire thing gets from the Christmas tree yard. Into the house, all the way up, lit, ornaments, the whole thing. I'm like, I haven't done one thing of this. I have done nothing. And meanwhile, it's all up there. My wife just crushes it. Doesn't need any help. She's just She needs help. Well, she's not getting it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not she more, could use help. I'm not morally opposed. But you know, it's like this is uh it, it, it is nice once it's all the way do up. Do you do the thing where you like mess everything up on purpose so they don't ask you to do it a second time. Yeah, no, I th I think my general I I think I'm just known for screwing anything up <laughs> that might be somewhat inclined. So it's like, why would you want me to do the lights? You understand what they're going to look like, which requires you taking them out yeah. and then doing them back again. It doesn't have to be intentional. It's just true. <laughs> it's I'm not good at it, and I don't want to be good at it. And yeah. uh, the combination of that has left me not good at it. <laughs> so I, uh, I, I enjoy it, though. I think it's nice. Everybody seems to be very happy. I enjoyed Thanksgiving. That was lovely. Did you? You were out of town, correct? Yeah, I went to downtown Disney. How was that? Disney uh, Springs? Well, it used to be Disney Springs. Now it's downtown Disney. I think it's the other way around. No. Okay. All right, you're out of your fucking mind. I think you're wrong. <laughs> Jamie, can we pull that up? 
It used to be Pleasure Island. It's just it's yes. the, it's the greatest idea for Disney in the world. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, you don't have to buy a ticket. You can just come in here yeah. and still spend a thousand dollars. It's it's all the shops, uh-huh. you know. It's got like the Star Wars thing and the Dole Whip and the bowling alley, mm-hmm. and then there's like an Old Navy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we went there, and I still spent a thousand dollars. I just didn't ride any rides yep. or have any fun. So yeah, it's a giant. Yeah, it was very fun. It's a giant mall. Yeah, yeah, in Orlando. I've been there many times. There it's... were no characters. Nope. Nothing. Nothing. There were a lot of people wearing shirts that were like most expensive Thanksgiving ever, <laughs> in like the Disney font. It's brutal, man. The yeah. the coordinating shirts at those places. There were a lot of. Cush family types there. Oh yeah, and I was just like, man, that guy's miserable. <laughs> I I don't really get that miserable at Disney. I get miserable thinking about going, and I get miserable about coming back. You know, yeah. like where it's like, oh god, I can't believe I spent that much money on nothing. But while I'm there, you're kind of in a haze of happiness. Um, it is nice to be somewhere functional. All of the employees are very yes, that is friendly. True. Uh, you know, the people are just god awful, but awful. everything else was fine. Downtown Disney, put in Disney Springs. It'll say the same thing. <laughs> I was only looking this up if I'm right. I'm not going to look it up if I'm wrong. This is wrong. what we call confirmation bias, Jamie. <laughs> Disney Springs. This is in Lake Buena Vista. Which that's, is that's somewhere else. <laughs> it's that's, totally different. No, it's somewhere else. <sighs> Feels good to get a W. Yeah, finally. Feel, yeah, yeah, you, you went you unknowingly, <laughs> unsuspected, went right in my wheelhouse and I popped you right out of it. A Barry Bonds left handed swing just <laughs> Gonzo. And the best part, riveting content. Oh, yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, I also did get to see you last night in the Smoothie King Center. We sat one section away from each other as the Pelicans eviscerated the uh, Philadelphia 76ers for 45 minutes of the game. And then they almost fell apart and ended up hanging on to win, uh, snapping a two-game losing streak. They had lost uh, two games in Utah to a bad jazz team. So a very nice win uh, over the Embiidless 76ers. Uh, now the Pelicans have the Spurs coming up at home and then some in-season tournament games. Next week, they are getting Trey Murphy back. There's a lot to talk about here with this team. Uh, first of all, your impression of being there last night. Uh, it wasn't a packed house, but everybody there seemed locked in. Uh, there were a ton of CJ jerseys. There was CJ McCollum's mm-hmm. first game back, I believe. He uh, had a very good game. It showed what the Pelicans can look like with some shooting around Zion and Brandon Ingram. And uh, it was just nice because, you know, Sixers are a respectable team even without Embiid. They yeah. have three or four very good players. And it was nice to see the Pelicans look pretty put together until the last four or five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Now, I did bet the Sixers' money line <laughs> at halftime when they were down by 28 points. Uh-huh. It was a th- plus 1,000. Got to take it. It got when it got to like six or eight points near the end. Yeah. And I was like, oh, who's a genius? Yeah, I should have cashed out. Um, 
No, they they definitely played with fire in the last few minutes, but otherwise, I mean, what a difference not having Embiid in there. Not only from a scoring mm-hmm. perspective, the Pelicans just annihilated them at the rim yeah. over and over again. Uh, it does show you the kind of weapon that Zion can be, mostly when he's got somebody who pulls defenders away from the basket and there's only one guy there instead of three guys there to guard him every time. I think Zion was 11 for 12 from the field and the the, the one that he missed I don't think was really a shot. I think he lost the ball going up. I've seen several I've seen conflicting reports but I've seen it switch back to 11-11 today. Oh, did it? Okay. Yeah, so I mean that didn't look like a shot to me. uh, The one that they called but Regardless. Now, if that was somebody else, it could. Of course, yes, a non-Zionist. <laughs> um, but the 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 performance that he put on was so dominant, and it it was all, it was very clear that like there's just really nothing they can do to stop him. And Jonas basically did the same thing in the first quarter. Like, yeah, he killed him early. Then Zion did that, and it was like, oh, they they really don't have much of an answer without anybody in the middle. And the good news with the Pelicans is there's not that many teams that have a dominant center right. that plays a lot of minutes. And so that's going to be a blueprint that they can follow uh, going forward. I don't think the Pelicans are great by any stretch. Losing two games in Utah is horrible. Uh, but to be down on this team right now, I think you'd be crazy. Yeah, the Pelicans looked locked in. They they were playing like a yeah. real cohesive team. I mean, Valanchunas really opened the game up early mm-hmm. and then the Pelicans have shooters, which they haven't had for a very long time. Yeah. And with Trey Murphy coming back, maybe it'll be a blessing in disguise that a lot of guys have got to put up more shots. I mean, the Pelicans and in, in the second half in the second quarter, were shooting like 78%. Yeah. It was insane. Yeah. They could not miss last night. And this yeah. is again against a decent team that appeared to be trying to win. Yeah, I mean, they kept their starters in all the way through. They were definitely trying to win. Uh, Maxi had a 30, 30-plus. 30 uh, so it was a good sign to see that. The problem is when you go back and look at those Utah games, the shooting was abysmal. The energy was not great. It's an uh, altitude. Yes, the altitude. Right? And then, you know, they didn't play. It was the back-to-back, so they did not play with Zion the first time around after they had beaten the Clippers the night before. Uh, so there's always mitigating circumstances. I think they're are they 500 right now, 10 and nine. They'll be 10 like and nine. Yeah. So they're right there. I I don't think you ha- anybody can give a firm read of like if they're really good or if they're really bad. I think you you have to be a real takesman mm-hmm. in order to be able to fire off like a, a, a definitive opinion on this team right now. But it's hard to say they're trending in the wrong direction, even when they lose. It doesn't feel like any of the problems are overwhelming. That like five game losing streak they had a couple weeks ago, which I think is the last time we talked, that was like, oh shit, a lot of problems exist here, and I don't know how they're going to fix them because not all these seem completely intractable because they're built around things like effort and mm-hmm. like just a dearth of talent at the wrong places, and apparently a team meeting was enough to basically throw everybody on the right track. And you've seen Zion and Ingram give plenty of effort when they're Mm -hmm. on the court. And that wasn't the problem in the Utah game wasn't a lack of effort. Um, So those are all really good things. I think they're in pretty good position to keep themselves into contention, but we're at like, you know, December 1st. So as long as you can hang around and stay healthy, I think they're going to be okay. 
Yeah, they're definitely trending in the right direction. Uh, it was nice to see Jose Alvarado slipped last night and went back to the yeah. locker room, and he actually came back and played again in the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. which was a very good sign. Trey Murphy is supposed to be back for the Spurs game. I believe so. This evening. Yeah. And C.J. McCollum didn't really look like he'd missed a step. You know, he was no. trying to get shots up. He wasn't playing point guard too much. He was definitely yeah. throwing him up there. Yeah. Uh, which I think could in the long run, you know, it's going to be streaky. And C.J. has been a very streaky Pelicans player. But they need someone to shoot the ball. Yes. And, and credit Jordan <clears throat> Hawkins for that because... That's been probably his best attribute, more than even making them, has been the fact that he's been so confident to stand back there and shoot the goddamn ball because they ha- they need someone to shoot it just to be a threat because it's like you have th- – Ingram does not really want to shoot a lot of threes, and Zion can't, obviously, but he draws a lot of people. So you, you're going to have situations to have good looks. You just need someone who's willing to t- step up there and take them, uh, even if they're not perfect – take the shots and because uh, Herb Jones doesn't want to take them a lot of the times. And there's a lot of guys on that team who aren't terribly confident taking open shots. But if you get Hawkins and you have McCollum and you have Trey Murphy, you got three guys who are going to stand out there and just launch. Mm-hmm. And that is a really good thing for this offense because more often than not, at least one of them is going to get hot. Yeah, Hawkins' confidence has been one of his most impressive features. Yeah. I mean, he also, when he has an off night, he keeps shooting, which is a good thing for this Pelicans team. He had, I don't know, I think 17, 18, 19 points last Mm -hmm. night, and it was consistent. It was throughout the game, and it was whenever it was needed. It was always an answer to something. And the Pelicans have never had an answer guy. They have always been a claw up from the bottom Mm -hmm. and try and win at the last second. But the Pelicans have been punched in the face several times this season and stood there taking their shots and still won the game. It's been impressive. I mean, they did that last night. It It was kind of a goof troop at the end. Yeah, yeah, they were totally out of sorts. People were like starting their cars up when the Pelicans were up by twenty with five minutes left. Every timeout, including was, the Pelicans, every timeout was just people running to the exits. It's like I don't know, guys. Like, yeah, you could definitely lose this game still. That's how you can tell people don't watch the Pelicans <laughs> on TV yeah. because they can't. I know exactly. Uh, there, there's. There's something about them, and certainly, you know, like you mentioned with Hawkins, even when he's cold, he's still shooting. It's like that is a paradigm shift because there was a time where it's like, hey, man, stop. Like, Mm -hmm. you're not good at this. Stop shooting. But that's not really what you want anymore in the NBA. You want someone who wants the ball. Mm -hmm. He also attacks the rim in transition. He does a lot of stuff that when you looked before the season of like, oh, God, there's holes on this team and in these areas, he helps fill a lot of them. If he wasn't so small, like in stature, uh, as far as, you know, just like his arms and whatever. He just looks young. Yeah. But otherwise, you would not know he's a rookie the no. way he plays. He's on another planet from like Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Oh, God. Yeah, compared to like when Jackson Hayes' first three years here. Like, yeah. he never looked that confident. And so it is a uh, a totally, I think he fills a lot of holes for them. I think Trey Murphy is going to help tremendously, especially if he's on the floor with Zion a lot because you can't defend both those guys really at the same time. Uh, you got to have someone standing out there in the perimeter to guard him and you got to guard him close mm-hmm. because he's going to shoot over people too. So it's like 
between that and Zion going to the rim, they're going to be in good shape offensively. I truly do believe that. And they're playing hard enough now, and they're rebounding the ball enough now that I think they're going to be okay on defense too. So I don't know where they end up at the the way this shakes out. We you know take things a week at a time or whatever. But I, I feel very good about their trajectory for the length of the season. My other thing is like, do we care about this in-season tournament? Because the the Rockets lost uh, to the Mavericks, the Pelicans made the quarterfinals of the in-season tournament. They're going to play the Kings Monday night in Sacramento. And then if they win that game, they play either the Lakers or the Suns for a chance to go to the championship in Vegas. And I can't tell if I give a goddamn about that. Everyone is lying when they say they know what the tournament is about or how it works. Everyone. The players are lying. I One player was like, oh, we're going to Vegas. It's like, you're not going to Vegas yet. Yeah. I don't like you listen. You listen to the news and you can tell like it was written that like AI gave them the prompt of what it is. Nobody knows what it is. No. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't. Matter. It's the wacky court games. Yeah. That's essentially what it is. And that's the only way you that's actually the smartest thing they did. I thought it was the stupidest looking thing I'd ever seen in my life. The fact they put them all in these goofy ass courts really did make you understand that when you're turning it on, you're like, oh, it's a tournament game. Yeah. Or you could just have a graphic that says they they don't change the courts for the playoffs. (laughs) No, because, you know, it's the playoffs. Well, no one knows it's a tournament game. So I think that was the players don't even know it's a tournament. No, God, no. They I think they asked Kevin Durant. He's like, I I guess the fans care. He's like, we don't care. (laughs) Now, the difference is Kevin Durant makes like thirty two million dollars a year. Yeah. The other guy, you know, Jose Alvarado is going to care about winning that thing. Mm -hmm. I think you get a million dollars per player or half million dollars per player. So. But it also, like, the Pelicans have never won anything. Yeah. Anything. They've this, never won the division, you know? So it's like, this it feels like it would be meaningful for them to get a chance to play for something that you can call a championship. Is there a banner that can be hung from the rafters? Oh, you bet your ass this team is going to hang a banner <laughs> if they win the in-season tournament. I can't think of anything I would take. The odds are minus 10,000 that there will be an in-season, inaugural (laughs) in-season tournament champions. They have not won the division in like 15 years. Well, this is the year. Yeah, if you're going to win the division, this would see it's you or Dallas, right? Yeah. So it's like, um, but yeah, they haven't won the division since Chris Paul was here, I don't think. So it's like there's there's no banners in the whole building. Can this we, would be the first. Yeah, they're not going to win this thing though. Who knows? You got to win three more games. It's about the X factor. That's what I call Cody Zeller. <laughs> he looked so bad. Jesus, <laughs> I can't believe he was still on the court. He he seems like the kind of player that somebody could tie his shoes together <laughs> while he's shooting a free throw, and he would have no idea. I could not get over how bad he looked. Every time he touched the ball, it went in a wacky direction, (laughs) and he, like, fell down or slipped on a banana peel. He he plays how he looks. Yeah. (laughs) A big white guy with a face mask on. Yeah. He has, like, a size 30 shoe, so it's like he's just sliding around. He has the athleticism of Kelsey Grammer and the looks of John Lithgow. I mean, come on. For any How? must-see TV fans in <laughs> 96. How was he out? Where, I get Larry Nance's. 
was not playing. So. No, and he's, I think, out for about a month now. So I think you're going to get even more of Cody more Zeller. Of the Z- he's the real Z-man yeah. on the team. <laughs> yes, he's, he's uh, the, the one they're paying uh, to go see. Yeah, he I looked mean, really bad. Yeah, he looked like he was moving in slow motion. Yeah, it's, it's hard to watch. Uh, thankfully, his minutes are pretty limited because it literally felt extended every t- every time the ball went near him. Like the group of guys sitting around me, just like oh, <laughs> up by like twenty, you know. And it was like no. It's like you know every time Derek Carr drops back pass. <laughs> oh God, here we go again. Here we go. Yeah. So uh, Cody Zeller, not you had one point, one point four fouls. It's horrible. It was. It couldn't. It was one of the worst. Like every single person left that game going like, you know who the worst player on the floor was tonight? That guy. <laughs> he stands out because he's a giant white dude with a face mask. And every time any action got near him, he screwed it up. Yeah, it was incredible. I I couldn't believe he was still on the court <laughs> as long as he was. Uh, but yeah, thankfully he. You know his role is limited. Uh, so yeah, I mean, in season tournament. I, I think I want to care. I see tweets about it from people who feel like they really care, and that seems like a nicer place to be where I am, where I'm just like kind of emo, and I'm like, I don't give a shit about anything. I think I will once it's happening, once it's like, really happening. Like Monday night Yeah, is a, you know, you either go to the semifinals or whatever. It's they play over. the Kings on Monday. On Monday night. Do you think you'll care more about that game than you would a normal Kings Pelicans. Absolutely not. But for the purpose of the show, (laughs) to create some drama, (laughs) some excitement, some energy, yes, I'm going to be amped up. We're going to live podcast in Vegas. I I will be amped up because it'll be on TNT and I can see it. That's true. (laughs) I'm not going to have to hack into... The Sacramento it, yeah. public television from the Istanbul feed or whatever <laughs> that you're going through. Yeah. The, uh, the other big piece of news that came out, uh, this week, Christian Clark reported our friend of the show, Christian Clark reported, uh, that they're talking about putting 10 games on Fox eight, uh, for later in the season. Uh, everybody knows Valley sports disaster. We've gone through it, uh, many times here, uh, it doesn't work. It's overpriced. Everybody hates it. It's like universally, you know, despised. Mm-hmm. The team re-upped with Bally's last year, but every Bally's contract is dissolving at the end of the season. The NBA has uh, made that decision. Uh, I, I don't know exactly the financial workings of it, but basically everybody's getting off it. And so this is a good time for the Pelicans to test out trying to get on local over the air TV, which has proven so successful for the NFL mm-hmm. uh, that it is every game's available. Everyone can watch every game. There's no questions, uh, and everybody knows where to go. So I do think this is a, a, a good first step, a long-coming first step, but a good first step if they're able to put 10 games on there and see if it gains any traction, to see if it actually does matter. Because I think it will. I think if you get to, especially if it's like, Toward the end of the season, and you've gotten a couple, you know, five, six games in a row on there, I do think you'll start to see some traction grow. Um, but either way, a little late, but not too little. I think it's a good effort. Yeah, it's 
I mean, I was surprised by it. I'm glad that the Pelicans are are taking that direction as opposed to just ignoring everybody like yeah. they typically do. I mean, it, it would be great for fans because people I knew that had ballets couldn't watch it. No. Uh, it's not on YouTube TV anymore, which is super expensive. Uh, and also, TV sucks. So yeah. <laughs> this would be the best thing on. But there's like 150 million people watching Thanksgiving NFL football. Mm-hmm. Everybody in New Orleans with a TV is going to be watching a Pelicans game if it's, if it's on. If it's just on. What else are they going to watch? Gordon Ramsay yelling <laughs> at children? <laughs> if they can get the word out that it's on, I think they'll get a decent, you know, will they get with the Saints draw? No, that is not going to happen. But they will get a lot more people than I think watched now because it is ex- the the amount of people who have cable in general is obviously much smaller than it used to be. And getting on the app is impossible. Like, mm-hmm. how can you give $20 a month? You have to be such a rabid, diehard NBA slash Pelicans fan to give $20 a month to a product that you know sucks yeah. and you know is unreliable. And that didn't give the uh, you know a proper refund after all this stuff happened. So it's like the the concept that you can get on to a local station, turn on over the air, watch the game, no hurdles. Uh, I do think that will help this team tremendously, especially if they're playing well in the hunt. Because as we know, this city will jump on a bandwagon yeah. if they're. And football's good. over. Yes. Football is over. So basketball has a wide open lane. It does, and so I think that's a very good start. I don't know if Christian detailed exactly what games you're talking about, or it's certainly not done, um, but hopefully it works out so well that they add more, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's going to be a, a big topic for this team because I don't know what they're going to do with the rights next year, but the best option for fans unquestionably would be to get it over the air across the state. If you could get it in syndicated on networks mm-hmm. across the state, old-school style, uh, I think that would really be a huge boon to getting this fan base involved. Um, so that's our Pelicans take uh, for now. So we'll obviously get into the Saints. It's a little bit gloomier, a little bit gloomier, but stick around. We'll be right here. Polk and Kush. Are you dreaming of a lush, vibrant landscape that's the envy of the neighborhood? Look no further than Garden Gates Landscape Company, led by the talented Jesse Edmondson. Their team specializes in crafting outdoor spaces that are as breathtaking as they are functional. With their expertise in landscape, architecture, design, artificial turf, planting, irrigation, lighting, and maintenance, Garden Gates has everything you need to bring your outdoor vision to life. What's more, in the vibrant city of New Orleans, they know that planting can thrive all year round. You heard that right, all year round. Whether it's the refreshing winter or the sultry summer, Garden Gates is ready to make your landscape dreams a reality. And now is the perfect time to illuminate your landscape with their exquisite lighting solutions and indulge in the beauty of artificial turf that stays vibrant throughout the seasons. That's the best. Why wait? Reach out to Jesse Edmondson and the team today at 504-608-4606. Or visit them online at www.thegardengateslandscapecompany.com to schedule a consultation. Let Garden Gates Landscape Company weave magic into your outdoor space today. You need to do this.
You need to. If you have grass and it's a pain, he knows what he's doing. It looks good. It's going to be low maintenance for you because mm-hmm. they're going to show up with a reliable, good crew and a guy who actually communicates to you and Jesse, and they're going to take care of it. And that is impossible to find in any other realm of lawn care in this city. It is uh, the simplest thing, but it is also the most important thing. So reach out to Jesse. He is the reason that I do not have to think about my lawn whatsoever. (laughs) So Jesse is the best. The Garden Gates Landscape Company definitely knows what they're doing. And we do live in a place where you can get all this stuff and make it look good in the middle of January, which is very, very nice because most places you are just staring at your dead lawn for you know six months and waiting for uh the you know the winter the past not here so give jesse a call and thank him and tell him that you listen to polk and kush that is a sponsor losers yeah yeah losers losers that's the only thing i can say about the saints yeah they're losers. I don't like them. We're going to be coming out of that ad into you saying and a loser. <laughs> I would much rather Jesse Edmondson play quarterback for the Saints than Derek Carr at this point. Uh, I've never seen a team that really isn't that bad that gives off this level of just loser energy all the time. They feel like one of the worst teams in the league when you when you watch them. Yeah. When you read the box score, when you see who's on there, those names, they don't seem that bad. No. And even in the game, you're like, you're always thinking like they're a play away. You're always like, oh, they could, you know, like, yeah, they're moving the ball a little bit. It's not like I've watched a lot of teams where like nothing happens. You know, I watch like the 2012 Tulane football team. I, I don't think they got a first down <laughs> for a month. You know, like I've watched that before. Uh, Tennessee for the better part of a decade. Like. I've seen that before. This is like worse because you're like any minute they could make that something happen and go win the game. They had like six full drives against the Falcons and got 15 points. I, did they punt in the whole game? I don't know. They, they drove the ball every possession. They did nothing with it because they are losers with loser energy. They make loser plays and they screw up in a loser way. And there's not that they're that bad. Being bad is fine in some ways, or at least explainable. Like continually kicking yourself in the penis is just being a loser, you know? Yeah. And that's I it's to me it's just much harder to watch. It's it's big loser energy. Yeah. And it's it's so hard. I've watched dog shit teams we all have i've gotten into them i've watched every game this team and i mean alvin Kamara summarized it there's nothing to them yeah there's no personality yeah and we've been on the dennis allen is a nilla wafer bandwagon for years now since before his first game. This man is a Fig Newton. Yeah. He has no personality. He is just white bread that is crumbly, stale, and maybe your grandmother likes it. I like white bread. I don't like Dennis Allen. No. <laughs> He's the most uninspiring man I've ever seen. When I look at him, I want to watch the Big Bang Theory <laughs> to get some excitement in my life. 
He makes me want to listen to Coldplay <laughs> just for a brisk change of pace. I mean, this this guy is... He's a zero. What else is there to say? Could, He's, and, and everything we're saying about Dennis Allen, you could also say about Derek Carr. Of course. Is there anyone in that locker room that looks at Derek Carr and goes, yeah, that guy's a leader. That guy inspires me. Is there anyone on the team that even like wants to hang out with Derek Carr? Uh, does his wife play for the team? Uh, no. No, God, no. Who wants to hang out with that guy? I mean, I guess they signed Foster Mora because they thought he might like to hang out with him. But he's like from here. He's probably got like cool high school friends who do cocaine. Like there's no way that he's hanging out with Derek Carr. Like, you know, there's just no way. Like maybe when they lived in Oakland together or, you know, like in, in Vegas, the, perhaps they had to hang out. But like, uh, no, there's just no chance anybody on that team enjoys being around that guy. He has all of the stuff that you hated about Drew Brees with none of the things that made it okay. Yeah. Drew Brees was that big of a goober. <laughs> like, he's got all the gooberness with none of the clutch gene that allows you to, like, finish drives and, like, recognize the defense. I feel like he doesn't audible out of anything ever. No. That intercept, the pick six, was one of the worst passes I've ever seen. He could have been intercepted by both guys. He threw it to someone who could have, two different players could have intercepted the ball. And it's not like he was getting hit. It's not like it was fourth down. It was just the middle of the second quarter. There was no reason to put it into that much trouble. And yet, it was right there, pick six, a Falcons team that had very little life at the time, then gets it, and then it allowed the Falcons... The, the game totally changed because they were able to play from ahead and they were able to run the ball instead of having to pressure of having to try to score. They knew they could kind of wear lean on the clock and the whole paradigm shifted of the game. Everything about the perspective of the game. Because Derek Carr is such a loser who makes loser plays. And <laughs> it does... It, there's, you're stuck because... He's here for another year. There's nothing you can do to get rid of him next year. You can bench him, but he's going to be sitting there making $35 million on the bench. So you might as well play him and try to get better because what's the point of not? But it is very hard to watch in the meantime. Yeah, and I think one of the more damning things that came out of the game was uh, Gronk saying that James Winston should be playing over Derek Carr. Whenever somebody with the IQ of the monster guy from the Goonies. <laughs> what was his name, Chunk? Chunk, yeah. When the human equivalent of Chunk says the correct thing about the Saints, that's when you go, oh, man. It feels like this was it's, pretty obvious. Huh? It's bad. That's this is right in good. front of our face, I guess, right? <laughs> uh, and, and I mean, like, now you have players calling out the team. Alvin Kamara said that the team had no identity. Yeah. Dennis Allen refuted that, saying that there is an explosive offense. That is incorrect. Uh, at a base level, it's incorrect. And at the highest level, he should be in jail <laughs> for saying that. That's like the opportunity may exist for it to be an explosive yeah. offense. That doesn't mean you have an explosive offense. That would be like if I said that I got laid all the time because I went to curves. <laughs> it's like, no, I'm just around women. Like, I guess the opportunity could be there, but it's not happening. Uh, yeah, that was a 
wild press conference by Dennis Allen. I mean, what a loser. Yeah, th- there's really only one word. That, like, they're going to, you know, they do the video yearbooks at the end of every season <laughs> for every team. They do that, you know, it's like the NFL, whatever, like 45 minute recap of the season. And the Saints is just going to be one word. It's just going to say in all like giant white letters and say loser. <laughs> and they're going to, I mean, they're going to try to bring him back next year. And, and you can feel that like every day that they haven't changed anything. Not a single person yeah. has been fired in the midst of all this. And the frustrating, the only part to me that's frustrating, I know they're not good. We both know they're not good. Like we've talked about it a million times. I don't expect them to be good. I never thought they were this, you know, great playoff team that was going to go on and do something special. I just know they're playing the worst possible schedule. In the NFL. Yeah. It is laughable. It is impossible to play easier teams. Now, this week will not be because they actually have to play a good team. So they will probably win by 40 (laughs) um, because it makes no sense. (laughs) But but they have played a ridiculous schedule of scrubs. Half the guys they played this year will not be quarterback in the NFL next year. Desmond Ritter, chief among them. I think he completed like 11 passes. Like he didn't have to do anything. Uh, and even with that advantage, they're still losing all these. They still have a losing record in December, and it feels almost impossible to have to be at that point when you consider the age of the roster, how expensive the roster is, where they are to, from a cap situation. The idea that they are in this place is such a monumental failure, and uh, and that is the part that I just kind of can't get past because I don't. I don't even want to go to a home playoff game no. with this team. I don't like watching them. They're not fun under really any experience. The only fun I had at this, the most fun I had this whole season was booing them in the first half of the Jaguars <laughs> game. I really enjoyed that. Hopefully we can do that again in the Lions game. That'd be great. <laughs> but the defense is as pedestrian as I thought they really were. They've played a terrible, terrible schedule which allowed them to look a lot better than they are. But the Falcons were able to run the ball through them, like like mid-90s Nebraska. They just like ran through <laughs> them the whole second half. Uh, and I don't blame them for being demoralized either because it's like, what's the point? Like, we get a stop. You guys go get maybe a field goal. And every field goal was made by, like, if the if the goalposts were six inches further in, Blake Groupie is over for. <laughs> like, every one of those was just by the skin of his teeth. Uh, so they're just kind of bad at everything, uh, and there's nothing really all that fun about them. They have fun. Play- Chris Olave is incredibly fun to watch, yeah. but of course Derek Carr hung out him out to die in the middle of the field, uh, and he did the same thing to Rashid Shahid, and they, all these guys are going to get hurt because he does not know how to place the ball, and it's uh, it's hard to watch because he's because there's you know there's no accountability being taken. So it's like why are you why am I bothering? to talk about this when I know they're not going to do anything about it. Well, it's also frustrating that they just keep making the same excuse over and over, which is no excuse at all. They mm-hmm. just say, we've got to get better. Yeah. That doesn't mean anything. Of course you got to get better. The best team in the NFL has to get better. Yeah. You're saying, I want to go home mm-hmm. and not have to answer questions and continue to make money continue to go out there and then he comes out and says like oh i don't listen to criticism or praise because i listened to russell westbrook that was crazy (laughs) 
That was crazy. Be like, that's what, you know, I don't like, uh, you know, mail with bombs in it. That's why I listen to the Unabomber. <laughs> it's like, the, no, no one, no one has dealt with outside fan criticism worse than Russell Westbrook has the last decade. He has gotten in a fight with a fan every month for 10 years. There's been a, an, an incident between Russell Westbrook and a fan. And this guy's like, well, I once talked to Russell Whisper. He said, you know, don't listen to the outside noise. I was like, all that guy does is listen to outside noise. <laughs> it's driven him insane. It's taken away half his ability in the NBA. Uh, and that that's your idol for this? Like, what are we doing here? This guy is so stupid. And it's like, I don't want to hear a quarterback say, yeah, I don't listen to people that criticize me. Yeah. Like, look, people saying, like, you're a doofus online, that's one thing. But there's also criticism of you can't throw the ball, you're throwing it to the wrong place, you're blaming guys, you're a shitty leader, no one looks up to you, you've inspired nothing, and you cost $150 million for the exact same play as 51-year-old Andy Dalton. (laughs) The exact same. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Andy Dalton didn't move the ball between the 30s as well as Derek Carr, uh, but that's really not where you get paid. I I am at the point, and the fumble notwithstanding from Taysom Hill, which was terrible and very badly timed. Just they just they need to play Taysom Hill like half the snaps. Yeah, he's kind. And at this point, they might need to because he's kind of the only weapon they have left. Kamara's still healthy, but the top three receivers uh, are going to be down. It looks like for Sunday. The Lions are going to score. It doesn't one way or the other. The Lions are going to put up points. They have a great offense, uh, a whole bunch of weapons on the outside. The Saints' defense is banged up, old, slow, etc. They're going to score, and the Saints have not shown any proclivity to be able to keep up in a shootout like that. So it's going to be a uh, a weird week. I guess Saints are just going to try to control the ball. It almost feels like they're going to punt this game. I don't. I don't. The spread was what five, five and a half. I didn't see it. Yeah, I, I know it opened at three, and I wanted to spend every single dollar that I had on it. But DraftKings was like, "Are you sure?" And I was like, eh, "I don't know." And I was like, uh, this, "Is this your mortgage that you just put on the Detroit Lions?" Uh, so I, I want to read this tweet. Uh, Trevor Simeon threw more touchdown passes in six games with four starts than Derek Carr has thrown in eleven starts. Yeah. And that was when Simeon had Marquez Calloway, mm-hmm. Traquan Smith, Kenny Stills, Deontay Hardy, Ty Montgomery, and Kevin White. Oh yeah, uh, no, it's it's there's the the production in the red zone is uh, historically poor, and that's the thing of like touchdowns and what he's getting three hundred yards. That's mm-hmm. the craziest part is he, he he's throwing for he threw for three oh seven in this Falcons game. And at no time were you like, I think he's playing pretty well. No. Like, there was never that moment where you drew any confidence of watching that. And I don't know about you. We've talked about this before, but, like, I, I didn't get upset for one second watching that game. No. I wasn't, you know, like, pacing. I was. I didn't throw anything. I didn't, like, you know, slam my hand against the window. So, like, I, I was just like, all right. Like, I... I expect it i don't like them so when they lose i don't really care that much uh and i see that there's still emotion amongst you know the certainly the online saints fans Mm -hmm. but like uh, other than Taysom's fumble i got a little frustrated other than that i i don't care at all 
watching well, it's, them. You just get used to it. Yeah. You know, it's a it's a bad relationship, and you know what you're getting. So yeah. it's like, well, this is this is who they are. Mm-hmm. I have to continue living my life around the Saints. <laughs> I can't allow this team to make me uh, the slightest bit happy or mad. I mm. don't care. Uh, but, you know, my ass will be in the Superdome on Sunday, and I'll uh, I'll be there watching. And, and you know, I, I'm sure there'll be a ton of Lions fans there because it does feel to me, and I, I have not experienced this in an extremely long time, where there is just no interest in the team citywide. No. Every, I have not had one person be like optimistic about the future of the saints that I have spoken to in a, in weeks at this point. And, I, and it was very high in August. Yeah. Know? It's weird. It is weird. I went, I was at the grocery for the first half of the first quarter mm-hmm. of the Atlanta game. And there were, Couple people in there wearing Saints stuff, but it yeah. mostly seemed to be like, "Phew, we're not. You don't have to watch that. <laughs> go to Trader Joe's where there won't be that many people." Yeah, it it is uh, very quickly grown out of you know any interest. And look, they're still in first place. <laughs> like, uh, right? Am I? I think no. they're still. They're not it, tied for first. No, Atlanta's in first. Atlanta's six and five. Yeah. Okay. I thought they were a game ahead of Atlanta entering uh, yesterday or entering last week. They're going to get the Falcons again uh, at home. So if they can do anything at all, and the Falcons stink uh, and would have lost that game to in almost any other team the way that they played. So it's like they could still win the division. I think they're going to be a. 15-point underdog at home if they do. I really hope they don't win I the don't, division. I do not want them to win the division. Because that'll just be the catalyst to keep Dennis Allen there yes. another year. And yeah. then we're going to have to go through all this shit all yeah. over again. Yeah. Acting like these 50-year-old dudes on defense are tucked away, hidden gems, and yeah. that, you know... Derek Carr is the second coming of Trevor Simeon. (laughs) And that is ultimately the biggest problem with winning a bad division. And look, we all remember 2010 where the Seahawks went seven and nine and beat the 11 and five saints in Seattle with beast quake and all that. And they won a playoff game and what a great win that was like, yeah, then they got pounded the next week because they weren't good, but that was also a team that was building something. This Saints team is building nothing. There's nothing to grow on for this team. All they all they can do is try to sell you on that they're a winning franchise if they find a way to win this division. These 11 games have proven to you exactly who they are. They might go beat the Rams and the Buccaneers and the Panthers and the Falcons and end up with whatever it is, nine wins, and that's enough to win the division. Don't be fooled. We remember this moment, remember exactly who they are. It does not matter. All that is total crap. So um, Saints are frustrating. They are losers. We've said that for a long time. We'd like them to all be fired. And uh, then we can start to complain about whatever they do uh, in the offseason. Everyone that has a desk that works for the Saints should be fired. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good, if you have a nameplate, you should be fired. Like if you don't have a number, but you do have a nameplate, <laughs> you should be fired. Uh, that's that's essentially where I I'm that's at it. at this point. Uh, yeah, what does anybody seem like they're doing? 
Is there any group watching them where you're like, oh, they seem like they're doing really well? Like, there's nothing. No, there's no. I mean, even in some of the recent bad years, it's like, oh, the special teams is good. Yeah. There's nothing. Nothing. Special teams is dog shit this year. I'm telling you. The, uh, then they worked out kickers in the middle of the week, which is hilarious. It's like, oh, that, there you go. That'll solve the problem. Yeah, was, can those guys kick for six points yeah. each kick instead of three? That would help. I was like, are they having to do this because Blake Gruby's leg is tired from every time the Saints get in the red zone, they had to kick a field goal? There must be some analytics of like if you if you're only making it in the final sixteenth of the of the of the goalpost if, they, if it's going that close one ball length within the goalpost that probably means that the next one they kicks is going to hit the goalpost or they go the other side because those were all extremely close. Uh, but anyway, that's our uplifting Saints coverage of the week. So of course we'll get to our uplifting local breakdown. It is filled with juicy jazz, squalling trumpets, and tiny little crawdads. You put Paris in a swamp, and that's Nolans in a nutshell, baby. <laughs> this is kind of like that uh, Twilight Zone episode with somebody I mentioned earlier in the show. I'm not going to name him again because I always just talk about 90s TV stars <laughs> <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> Uh, oh my God, there's someone on the wing. Passengers described scene on Southwest flight. Passengers say they saw a man open the emergency door on a Southwest flight Sunday evening in beautiful Kenner, Louisiana. Uh, according to passengers, he opened the door and jumped out of the plane. <laughs> he allegedly escaped through the emergency hatch and ran out onto the tarmac. Zed Webster was sitting in the emergency row. This is why you never agree to sit in the emergency row. Yeah, I know. That's like, everyone's like, oh, that's the first class of Southwest. <laughs> like, yeah, it's the first class of the freaking loony bin, too. <laughs> Across from the man who allegedly opened the exit door via Zoom, he told WWL uh, that the man just opened the door and got out right after the flight attendant had asked us if we were willing to assist in the event of emergency. The guy that actually lifted up the lever, he was the first one to say yes. <laughs> I bet. He's like, I'll help. <laughs> what a nut job. And then he ran out onto the wing of the plane, jumped off the wing onto the tarmac, and ran away until they got him. How long does it say, does it say how long it took to catch him? Let's keep reading. Uh, he says he started recording the video. There's video of all. Well, there's sort of video of all of this. They were like, hey, there's video, and I watched it. And it just looks like they put the phone in like the dr in the dryer on the spin cycle. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I have no idea what's happening. People are screaming, and you can see like bags of peanuts and stuff. <laughs> um, it was posted on TikTok. This just keeps repeating itself. This is why journalism is dead. The first four paragraphs of this all say the exact same thing. Yeah. So I'm just going to make some stuff up. Okay, they caught him yeah. in 14 hours and 27 <laughs> minutes. A manhunt. This was a flight from New Orleans to uh, to Atlanta. And to go see the Saints? <laughs> I think I think it was after I the don't want to go to this game. <laughs> Get me off this bird. It was at, it was at 7.40 p.m., so it had been pitch black for seven hours at that point. <laughs> 
I don't know. This article kind of stinks. It's just like the guy describing a shitty video. But what would cause this? What would cause you to open up an emergency hatch and run off of a plane? Would it be? I'll tell you what it is for me. Okay. It would be if uh, those people that like during COVID would and there'd be huge flight delays. They would pull out an acoustic guitar (laughs) and start singing. I would open the hatch and run out if that happened. If I was in the fucking sky, if I was 30,000 feet in the air, I would (laughs) do that. (laughs) My other thought was like he's, uh, you know, flying to go meet like his girlfriend's family for the first time. Oh, yeah. And he's like, I don't I don't even want to be with her, much less her family. (laughs) This is going to be a disaster. I got to get out of this somehow, but I'm already sitting on the plane. Uh, you know, that, that would have been one way. Um, and then, yeah, the other one, have you ever seen those like, uh, flights coming back from like Taylor Swift concerts? Oh yeah. Oh, Where are, they're all singing. Yeah, the they're all songs. singing the songs. And what, that would, that would make me. Yeah. You know, there's like one guy on there that doesn't speak English and is like <laughs> flying back to Kazakhstan to see his family. He's just like, what the, what is going on here? Yeah, I've been on one of those like post uh, Saints flights, and everybody's like hoodatting, and there's like four business guys from Tokyo. Like, what is going on? <laughs> um, JPSO says that there was no indication that the man left anything on the plane. That's the most important part of the story. Oh, God, he, his, his checked carry-ons didn't make it. He had no weapons. Uh, JPSO believed the man was experiencing a mental health emergency. He is still in the hospital and is not expected to face any criminal charges locally, which, duh. I mean, we can't, yeah. we won't charge murderers. We're not going to charge some guy who just jumped off of a plane. Yeah, I'd love They're to. They're talking about, like, the chaos and everybody screaming. If some guy just ran off the plane, I'd be like, well, whatever. Can we go? Yeah, it's like, well, <laughs> he didn't, obviously didn't want to be here. I'm no, glad he's not on here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, if he really had diarrhea that bad, he could have just gone to the bathroom, but... You know, I, I appreciate that he didn't want to do that in front of everybody. Yeah, I, I it, that's just weird. It's one of those things that's like much bigger deal to look at than it is the, what actually occurred. Yeah. It's like it's panic inducing because you think the next thing is going to be like, oh, it turned out he dropped a bomb underneath him when he, <laughs> as he jumped off the plane, you know, and it's like, no, he did literally farted and that was it. And he ran out, you know. Well, that's kind of a bomb. Um, let's see, Mayor Cantrell, who we haven't talked about on here in a while. No, she's doing a great job. Yeah, she's fine. Um, <laughs> she's headed back overseas to attend a climate summit in Dubai. Um, just earlier this month, she went to Kenya, and in September, she went to France, and now she's going to Dubai for a climate change conference. Um, she's going to be flying there in a big giant jet, which is really good for the climate. Um, I'm sure the million people flying to this thing are all going to be, you know, on in like the Willie Nelson biodiesel plane that causes no emissions. Um, she is one. She's not the only mayor this time. It's not like the Korea trip. Okay. It says one of several U.S. mayors traveling to Dubai. 
she will be upset when she gets there and they tell her that alcohol is illegal. Yeah, that's good. She's sneaking that in like a cruise ship. Yeah. That's definitely lined her bags. Is, you I, know, like plastic bags full of whiskey and, you know, like white wine and those big uh, <laughs> giant bladders, that kind of thing. I mean, I think this is something that could actually happen. My, my friend Billy Wayne Davis, friend of the show, great comedian, check him out. He said that Dubai is a city uh, built by rappers and the rules were made by the rappers' mothers. <laughs> Are we going to have an international incident with her sneaking booze into Dubai? No question. I, I, I just... At this point, I think if climate change gets solved, we can thank the taxpayers of New Orleans. Yeah, Because sure. we have sent LaToya to... I don't know, like 12 of these conferences in the last two years. <laughs> I think she's single-handedly teaching the world how to solve the climate crisis. So uh, congrats to all of you who uh, are paying that gigantic property tax bill uh, this year uh, and this month. It is going uh, to a greater good, which is uh, her eating Wagyu beef uh, in some <laughs> giant porcelain palace in uh, in the desert. The they, there's a list of the other mayors going, and they're all from cities like Vice City, and <laughs> Gotham. <laughs> I've never heard of Burnsville, Minnesota. Oh yeah, they definitely need to be there. They're going to solve climate change. Des Moines, Iowa, Columbia, <laughs> Missouri. Washington, D.C., and Columbus, Ohio. (laughs) I mean, if you've been to any of these places, you might understand why you would want to leave. Oh, God. What is the point of these things? It is such a boondoggle. Mm -hmm. But, you know, how many times can we talk about that? They're not going to do anything about it. Yeah, go have fun. But it's like, ultimately, they're just not going to... And she's, like, seeding... The police now to the state. I don't know if you saw Jeff Landry came in and he's like, yeah, the Louisiana troopers are just going to take part of the state. We're also going to take part of the district attorney stuff. We're going to have our own district attorney. And everyone is like, no, they can't give up. Let's you're disenfranchising New Orleanians who voted for these people and the people who they voted for are standing right next to him. being like, <laughs> yeah, you can take it. We're we're fine. Jason Williams literally standing at the podium being like, yeah, whatever you guys want to do. I don't care. Less work for me. I'll thank God. I did see he uh, he did in the uh, least surprising move of all time. He did officially book the uh, the people who carjacked him as adults, oh. even though they're minors. The only time he's ever done Well, that. that's very nice of Yeah, him. so it's good to see that. But yeah, there's like a, a whole annexation of Jeff Landry is basically trying to push his own people into power in New Orleans. And you would think that the leadership in New Orleans would be like really violently pushing against that. And instead, they're all just like, nah, that sounds fine. You, yeah. want, to do my, you want to do my taxes? That sounds great. <laughs> like, whatever. You know, it's like if you're doing a, a project in school with a, you wouldn't know about this. Sometimes you had group projects in school, and like one kid always wanted to take over and I do all go the to college. <laughs> do all the work. Like, yeah, man, whatever you think. I mean, like, you might suck at it. It doesn't matter to me. It's oh, yeah. Fine. Yeah, it's like, whatever, whatever you want to do, brother. 
Uh, that's basically what it sounds like. The the police chief, the mayor, the DA, they're all just like, yeah, what, what we're doing obviously isn't working. I can't fix the crime when I'm in Dubai, so you I, maybe you got a better idea of this, Jeff Landry. <laughs> the crime rate in Dubai is zero. Zero, yeah. <laughs> there is no crime. She'll pick up a lot of lessons so from Maybe that. she'll get a brochure or something. <laughs> exactly. It's like, how do you guys do this? It's like, well, if you steal something, we kill you on sight. It's like, well. <laughs> we usually do the opposite. We kill you on sight and then steal your and then stuff. Steal well, uh, I think it's time to bring back a segment. It was our first segment. We haven't done it in a while, and I believe it is my favorite segment of every single program. Ladies and gentlemen, the worst. Oh, this is the worst, the worst, the worst, the worst. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumb. The I've been in some dire situations restroom wise. Uh, usually it's resulted in like a Powerade bottle, side of the road, mm-hmm. running into a business and acting like I work there yeah. or like pretending to know somebody in a restaurant. I've never gone to this length. Um, Ohio attorney suspended over pooping in a Pringles can (laughs) and leaving it in the parking lot. Bruh. The Ohio Supreme Court suspended an attorney for defecating into a Pringles can and dropping it in a parking lot of a crime victim advocacy center. (laughs) Criminal defense attorney Jack A. Blakesley, his conduct was called into control into question his fitness to practice law the court decided his defense he said he didn't target anyone but had a habit of putting his feces in pringles cans and randomly throwing them from his car yeah, they say all attention is good attention yeah that can't be good for pringles it can't be good for pringles <laughs> it can't be good for jack honestly <laughs> Can't be good for the crime victim advocacy center. It can't be good for anybody. I could promise the next time I see a can of Pringles and I think about it, that's going to be the first thing I think about. And I'm not going to buy that can of Pringles. And this guy's throwing him out of his car like Donkey Kong, throwing <laughs> barrels. He claims he pulled the Pringles prank at least 10 times that year. Oh, God. This article is also written like shit. Cincinnati.com, this sucks. What makes it a prank? That's not a prank. Yeah. Well, I've noticed now that, like, there's this whole series of YouTube people where they'll just, like, run, they'll, like, go to, like, a poor neighborhood dressed up in, like, a Klan robe. And then when people get mad, they're like, hey, man, it's just a prank. It's like, that's not a prank. That's not a prank either. <laughs> that's just a prank is like everyone. a situation that, you, you like know. Like, if I put a whoopee cushion down or I, like, made your voice higher on the recording yeah. or if I changed your words to say that you're a Zionist <laughs> through AI. It's not a, you know, taking a dump in a Pringles can and slapping guaranteed. That's just a guaranteed piece of shit. You haven't done anything. That's not that 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 is uh, not a prank. That is just a Pringles came with the dump inside of it. It's like I, Alanis Morissette singing ironic and not having any irony in the song. That's true. Just the, things that suck. The attorney uh, was scheduled to see victims at the center 15 minutes after the Pringles deposit. 
<laughs> at the time, Blakesley was representing someone accused in a capital murder case. They put a gun in a box of shake and bake <laughs> and shot somebody. <laughs> the court decided to suspend Blakesley from practice of law for one year with six months of that suspension stayed. Who's going to hire the Pringle shitting attorney after this? Uh, Is that going to be on the billboard? That should be. It's, it's how you get famous. Famous for anything. Once you poop, you can't stop. <laughs> Look, Kim Kardashian got famous for a very Lord reason. It's working out for her. Yeah, but that reason was a lot better. Yes, ac accurate. Yeah. I don't know. Everybody poops, man. <laughs> Not they, everybody poops. They do, but I don't buy a video of it. <laughs> and they don't all do it. <laughs> do a Pringles can and put it in front of the criminal the, justice center. I mean, no toilet paper, I'm presuming. Unless he's putting it in. Oh, I don't even want to go there. This is horrific. Yeah, it's really it's really something. And I'm I'm reticent to even talk about this on the show because we could give people ideas. Yeah, I know. We have tens of thousands of listeners. <laughs> Don't go put it out with your boots. All of Paul. whom live under the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe now they they know that they can create this projectile weapon at any time. It really makes me want to visit Cincinnati. Yeah. Get yeah. some of that skyline chili. <laughs> then go to the Pringles factory. Uh, on that note, we, we we love each and every one of you. Thanks for hanging through that <laughs> through that one. Uh, we deeply appreciate. It. Again, if you want a shirt, if you have any interest in buying something for your loved ones that says Polk and Kush on it, uh, please reach out uh, polkandkush at gmail .com. You can also tweet us on X at Polk and Kush. Uh, we'll be back next week to give you more bright and sunny information about your favorite teams. We love you. See you.